As we close out the year and we consider a new year, there's something going on in our society today. All week, all Americans are thinking about New Year's resolutions. Right? There's a new horizon. I'm going to lose weight in the new year to come. I'm going to get a new job in the new year to come. We're going to move to a new house in the new year to come. So there's a lot of energy in our culture expecting and awaiting for change, for something new in the next year. And, um, you know, every year this rolls around. This happens every single year. Some of us, we like that frenzy. Some other of us, we don't buy it anymore. Uh, there are some of us here this morning that we're like the rest of Americans. We make New Year's resolutions every year, and about a month into the new year, we stop making the New Year's resolutions. So there are some of us that are still very optimistic and excited about doing something new in the new year. And then there are some of us that are a little bit more cynical and skeptical and saying, what's all the fuss about? Like Noel over here. So the past couple of weeks when Pastor Steve asked me to speak on this last Sunday of the year, I've been praying about this. And I've been asking God, God, what do you want to tell your people? Where where do you want us to go with this message? And I really felt the Lord speaking to my heart to go deeper. Because many times we think in the flesh, we think in the natural, we think in materialistic things. You know, there's a new year to come. You know, what new thing is God going to do in my life? What new thing, thing is He going to provide me? Maybe it's going to be a new car, right? Maybe a car that saves uh, on gas. Maybe a car that's a hybrid car. Or maybe God's going to give us a new house. Or maybe this is a year I'm going to buy the 65-inch plasma, right? And God said, no, go deeper than that. Why is it always that you're looking for something new on the outside? Isn't it time that you start looking for something new on the inside? And that's what I really felt the Lord talking to me about. I really felt the Lord talking to me about, I want to do something new, but get your mind off of the materialistic things. Get your mind off of money. Get your mind off of things. Get your mind off of titles and power and position. And get your mind on spiritual things. So can we do that for a moment this morning? Can we get our mind on spiritual things? Can we get our mind on spiritual things this morning? So God wants to do something new on the inside. God wants to do something new in our personality. God wants to do something new in our character. God wants to do something new in our attitude. God wants to do something new in our perspective. I mean, think about it. We're starting the new year, and we're thinking about changing our wardrobe. And maybe it's time I get a new coat. Maybe it's time I get a new pair of shoes. We're starting the new year, and we're thinking about, ah, maybe it's time we get a new roof on the house. Maybe it's time we get a new dock. We need to get our mind off of those things and get our mind on the important things. I mean, there are things about our personalities. There are things about our character. There are things about how we think. There are things about our attitudes. There are things about our perspective that need to change. And how many of you are with me this morning regarding those things? Right? Does it kind of hurt? kind of stepping on some toes here. This isn't too comfortable. There are things in our lives, our attitudes, our perspectives, the way we think, the way we view things, our personality, our character, that God truly wants to change. 
And it's time we stop focusing on the things that are the outside and start looking at the things on the inside. So you didn't know that we were going to listen to a, a, a preaching sermon the last day of the year, huh? And I want to begin by just giving you this, um, this theme for the message this morning. And we're going to put it up on the slide. Or you can look in your bulletins to your teaching notes. This is just a very important principle that we want to state before we go into this message this morning. And it simply states that a true encounter with Jesus Christ will transform you and you will never be the same. If you have had a true encounter, a true life-changing experience with Jesus Christ, if you've asked Jesus Christ to come into into your heart, if you've asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life, if you are in the presence of Jesus Christ on a daily basis, if you have said to Jesus Christ, Jesus, you are my master, I am your disciple, I am your Padawan, I want to be like you, I want to live like you, I want to think like you, this will utterly change you and transform you. Okay? Are you following me this morning? And what we tend to do as humans, as we tend to do as people, is we usually tend to protect and keep core things about our personality off the spiritual table. Yes, I've had an encounter with Jesus. I go to church now on Sunday mornings. My Sunday mornings, that that has been transformed. Right? That's what we do sometimes. But what about the core issues of our lives? Let's say it's anger. Let's say it's jealousy. Let's say it's pride. And what do we say to God? God, you can't touch this. You you can't change these part of my life. This is who and what I am. Now you can change the other stuff. You can change what I do on Sunday morning. You can change maybe some of my doctrinal beliefs or what I think about life. But you can't touch these areas of my life. When you have a true encounter with Jesus Christ, you open up your heart you open up your mind and you say to God, change me and utterly transform me. And one of the realizations that I've come um, to light in this, this year is that I want to live an utterly changed and transformed life. And the only way I can do that is not by going to the self-help book section in Barnes & Noble. The way I can do that is by having a true encounter with Jesus Christ. I want to be utterly transformed and changed. And hopefully that is your attitude this morning. So as I prepared this message, I was thinking and praying about, you know, which person in the Bible was maybe not such a great person. And when this person encountered Jesus Christ, they utterly changed. And the Lord brought to my attention the story, the wonderful story of Zacchaeus. The wonderful story of Zacchaeus. This is a story of a man who was a tax collector. He was an unlike man in his community. We can assume that he was an unjust man and he stole from people. And once he encountered Jesus Christ, he was utterly changed and transformed. And I want to share with you that story this morning. So please, turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. We're going to start at verse 1. We also have the scripture reference up here on the slide, and we're going to have some just some wonderful pictures of uh, Jesus and Zacchaeus. 
So let's begin reading. Luke 19, verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, a chief tax collector, and he was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your home today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I had cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Let us have a quick word of prayer before we get into this message here. Heavenly Father, God, I pray that you would just begin uh, setting the foundation in our hearts through the power of your Spirit, that we would truly and earnestly look for change within our hearts and our personalities and our characters and who we are for the new year. Make us the new people you want us to be. And Father God, I pray this morning that each one of us would bring our core issues that we have, that maybe we've been protecting or hiding, that we would bring them to you, to the altar, and say, God, Utterly change me and transform me and make me a new person in the new year. And Lord God, I just thank you for this precious time that we have together. I ask you to anoint me and just give me the right words to say. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen. Amen. So let's begin talking a little bit about Zacchaeus. And our first point, our first fill-in that we have this morning is when you have a true and total transforming encounter with Jesus Christ, it will call you to a new perspective. It will call you to a new perspective. So let's talk a little bit about Zacchaeus. It's interesting to note how politically correct the Bible is. I love that about the Bible. Even though this part of the Bible was written 2,000 years ago, we know that Zacchaeus uh, was a dwarf. We know that Zacchaeus was a very short man. But in the story... Him being short or him being dwarf wasn't a disadvantage. In fact, it was because he was a dwarf. It was because he was a a man of short stature. In the story, in the narrative, it was to his advantage. If Zacchaeus wasn't a short man, if he wasn't a dwarf, he would not have needed to get up on the tree. If Zacchaeus did not get up on the tree... Would it have been possible for Jesus not to call him out? See, him being short, him being a dwarf, him being a midget, whatever you want to call it, a handicap or a person with a handicap, that wasn't an issue in the Bible. That wasn't a negative thing. If anything, that was a positive thing. See? And many times in our lives, you know, we go through life and we sense that we have certain weaknesses, we have certain issues. You know, maybe when when you were really young... Uh, people told you that you weren't very smart. You had an inherent weakness, maybe. 
You know, or people maybe prejudice against you if you are a certain ethnic group. Um, I was uh, raised in the inner city of Los Angeles, uh, a Latino kid, and I experienced a lot of racism. I had a lot of people calling me wetback, you got to go back across the border. You know, I was raised under that cloud that I had an inherent weakness. Or maybe you're a woman, and you were raised in a home where uh, men were always put on the pedestal. You know, well, we wanted to have a son. Well, we just had a girl. Maybe you were raised under this type of uh, perspective of having a negative in your life. But the way God works is He'll take those negatives and He'll turn them into positives. So you might have come in this uh, room this morning thinking about, you know, some of your life issues, some of the things going on in your life that you might think they're weaknesses. Well, maybe I'm uh, overweight. Or maybe I'm too skinny, or maybe I'm too old, or maybe I'm too ethnic, or I speak too much with an accent, or maybe I don't have enough money, or maybe I'm not smart enough, or not powerful enough, whatever the case may be. In the story of Zacchaeus, this apparent disadvantage was not a disadvantage, it was an advantage. Because of that disadvantage he had, that so-called disadvantage, he got up on the tree, and that's how he drew the attention of the Master. So maybe there's something right now in your life that you're looking at as a weakness and God can turn that weakness into a strength. How many of you can say amen to that? So when Zacchaeus got up on the tree, do you think uh, he was a little bit embarrassed or humiliated to get up on the tree? Do you think he was worried about all these people and what they were going to say? Hey, look at that short guy up in the tree. Look what he has to do. He has to get up on his tree. Do you think he was embarrassed or a little bit afraid of what people might say? What do you think? You know what I would say? I would say no. You know why? Because the whole time, the whole town already hated him. Right? He wasn't worried about what they were going to say about him because they already hated the guy. Because he himself later admitted that he had stolen from people. He was a tax collector and he was a thief. He was unjust. You know? And then I want you to think about, I want you to think about this new perspective. How many of you in your life or in years past have encountered someone in, in your close proximity or in your community or your neighborhood who's just like the really bad person in town? Just the worst person in town. Just the, the worst person that nobody likes. Maybe your worst enemy is the worst person in town. And look at the way Jesus works. Jesus goes into Jericho. And who is the person that he connects with immediately? Who is the person that he goes to the house and he has dinner with? Your worst enemy. You know, isn't there somebody in your life maybe that you don't approve of or maybe you don't like? I know that's not nice to say. Just an unjust person, an unfair person, a bad person. What, what, is, what, what is Jesus most likely to do? Is he most likely to come to you, the so-called nice person, a good person, or go to the so-called bad person? Jesus goes to Zacchaeus. What about if you lived in that town? What about if we lived in that town of Jericho? And we said, Jesus, why are you going to his house? He's the bad guy. You should come to our house. We're good. Why are you going to his house? What would Jesus say to you? I came for the, I came for the sick. I didn't come for the good. So Zacchaeus gets up on this tree and he is forced, he is forced to have a new perspective because he's not looking at Christ. 
He's not looking at the world down where the people are. He had to change his perspective. He had to change his attitude. And this sermon is entitled, Total Transformation. How can you experience a total transformation? Step one, you have to change your perspective. You have to change your attitude. Okay? Maybe you're the person that you went through grade school and you went through high school and nobody invited you on a date. Maybe you didn't, weren't invited to the prom and you always felt that you were an ugly person. Right? Maybe that was your perspective. That was your view. That was your attitude. And then you went to college and you found the love of your life. And the love of your life said, you're beautiful. I love you. You're so awesome. Is your nose still the same? Is your hair still the same? Is your waistline still the same? But for, 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 for whatever reason, you feel like you're a brand new person. You're still the same person that you were in high school, but you feel beautiful. You feel like you're the, the beauty queen. You feel like you're the prom king. What changed in your life? Your perspective. Your attitude. You know, maybe there's someone here this morning that for years you've just struggled with uh, what you do for a living. You know, if it's carpet cleaning, if you're a, a doctor and you work with sick folk all the time, you know, maybe for years you've struggled with your vocation, your calling, your ministry, your job. And then all of a sudden you woke up one morning and you just loved what you do. You know, as you get older. Your job's still the same. You're still the same. What changed? Your perspective. Your attitude. So maybe you came here today thinking about the new year. God's going to do something new in my life. He's going to change things in my life. He's going to give me something new. Right? We talked about those materialistic things. A new car, a new house, a new job, a new career, a new neighborhood. Blah, 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 blah. But maybe what God really wants to do is not change any of those things, but what He wants to do is He wants to change your perspective and your attitude. So you literally could begin the new year, go through the new year, more or less everything stays the same in your life, but you can be a totally changed and new and transformed person. How many of you want that joy? How many of you want to live in that kind of abundance? I mean, people are going to say, what happened, Bob? What happened, Mary, to your life? Did you win the lottery? Uh, did, you, did you move into a neighborhood with no crime? Did you move into a neighborhood with great schools for your kids? Right? Did you get a raise? Did you get a promotion? What happened? And, and then you can say, none of those things happened. The reason I'm happy, the reason I have joy and passion and zest is because Jesus Christ utterly changed and transformed my perspective. And I look at the world now through a new lens. I look at the world with a new attitude. I look at my life and my family and what God has called me to do with a new perspective and a new lens. How many of you want a new perspective in your life? Amen. I want a new perspective. I want a new attitude in the new year. Our second principle here is, I love that picture of Jesus and Zacchaeus having a heart-to-heart talk. An encounter with Jesus calls for a new friendship with Him. Okay, the whole story didn't take place. And we'll leave that picture up because that's a great picture. That's an actual artist's rendition of Jesus talking to Zacchaeus. 
the whole encounter with Jesus and Zacchaeus didn't just happen at the tree, right? The whole encounter with Jesus didn't just happen at the foot of the tree when Zacchaeus came down. Jesus said to Zacchaeus, I want to go to your house. And the Bible says that Zacchaeus came down from the tree and he welcomed him gladly. See? Jesus actually wants to have a real and meaningful friendship with us. What is friendship? For me, friendship means loyalty and faithfulness. For me, friendship means commitment. When you are friends with somebody, what does that mean? If you are my friend, you are committed to me. I was raised in the inner city of Los Angeles. So when you talk about friendship to me, is if I got your back. If some gangbanger comes after you, he has to go through me. That's what friendship means to me. If you're my friend, I will take a bullet for you. I will die for you. That's what friendship means. Friendship means loyalty, commitment, and faithfulness. This is not about Jesus asking Zacchaeus, well, Zacchaeus, now that you've decided to be a member of the Jesus Christ Church, all you need to do is come to church on Sunday morning once a week and join a small group. Jesus did not talk in any of those ways. Jesus says, I want to go to your house. I want to go to your crib. I want to hang out with you. I want to be your friend. I want to be in a deep, meaningful friendship with you. So all of us have different perspectives of what friendship is. What does friendship mean to you? Love, affection, gifts, time, listening, hearing. You can fill in the blank. But this is what Jesus did. Jesus says, I want to go to your house. Take me to your house so we can have dinner together, so we can talk man to man. An encounter with Jesus calls for a new, meaningful, and deep friendship with Jesus. And we can spend a lot of time with that, fleshing that out. I know there's other people in the room that could talk for hours on what friendship is. That's a great thing. And then after they finished having this wonderful meal and wonderful time at home, our third point here is, let's bring up the third principle this morning. An encounter with Jesus calls for new action. And there's a picture there of uh, the Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, uh, 1843. Uh, and that's the picture there of Ebenezer Scrooge. You know that wonderful story? Maybe you saw the movie or whatever during this Christmas season. And here's another story of another person. And what happens to Ebenezer Scrooge at the end of this, uh, of this book, of this novel? He has a total change of heart, right? At the beginning, he's greedy, he's a mean guy, bah humbug. And at the end of the story, what does he do? He's, he has happiness, he has joy. He gives turkeys away. He goes to this family, to his nephew's family, and there's uh, the little boy there, and he gives them gifts. It's an actual change. It's an actual transformation. And just like the story of Ebenezer Scrooge, Zacchaeus has this encounter, and actually some people have thought that maybe this character of Ebenezer Scrooge was loosely based on, on Zacchaeus and the change and the transformation that happened to him. So an encounter with Jesus calls for new action. In other words, uh, you know, you go to a Billy Graham service or you go to a Rick Warren service or you go to church on Sunday morning and you get moved emotionally and you make some kind of commitment and you pray 
and then you go back home and you li- live completely the same, what just happened? That, that, that's not, that's not what, what, we're, what we're talking about. When Jesus Christ utterly transforms you, you will actually change your behavior and you will take new action just like Ebenezer Scrooge did. Now, what did Zacchaeus do? Check out what Zacchaeus did. The first thing he told Jesus, well, you know what, Jesus, I've had this wonderful friendship with you and now I'm going to take new action with my life. The first thing he does is say, I am literally going to give half of what I have to the poor. Right down the middle. I'm going to give half of what I have to the poor. And then after he said that, if I have stolen from anyone, I'm going to give them four times more than what I have taken from them. So why did Zacchaeus go to money? Why, why, why was action, why was his action a money thing? Because money was his, that was his issue. Money was his God. Right? And money is not going to be the issue of everybody. You know, maybe your issue, maybe our issue this morning is pride. Right? Pride. Or selfishness. Or greed. Or criticalness or negativity, or jealousy, or lust, or whatever the case may be, right? Those are different issues that some of us may have here this morning. And when you have a true encounter with Jesus Christ, when you walk out of this place, you will take new action and change some of those core issues. Unashamedly, you will do so. But if you walk out of here exactly the same and don't deal with any of those problem issues, it doesn't make sense. How would the story of Zacchaeus make sense if uh, Luke, the gospel writer, wrote this wonderful story about the short man in the tree. He comes, Jesus, he comes down. Jesus goes to his house. They have this wonderful meal, this wonderful friendship. And then that guy goes back into town and starts doing the same thing he did before. What would the people, what would the people in the town say? Told you so. Right? Told you so. Not even Jesus could change him. Mm-mm. That's what they say. Hmm. So that's what a Christian is, huh? Christian goes to church on Sunday, hangs around with Jesus. And now that Jesus is gone and he went on to Jerusalem, now look at Zacchaeus. He's still stealing. He's still being unjust. He's the same man. Mm. Could the story finish like that? No. Can my story finish like that? I don't want it to. Oh, right? My wife knows. My wife knows. I live with her. Right? You don't want your life story to finish like, like that. Right? What's the point? Where's the power? Where's the punch? You know? The gospel message is a message of redemption. It is a message of transformation. That's why you're here this morning. You know, that's why there's a lot of people that don't want to draw close to God. That's why there's a lot of people that haven't committed their lives to Jesus Christ because they know that it requires transformation, change, sacrifice, risk, risk, right? And there's a lot of folks today that want what? Easy, comfortable, not a lot of demands, not a lot of requirements, not a lot of commitment. Oh my gosh. That's not what Christianity is. You know? And maybe that's why a lot of people in our culture today 
are a little bit tired of Christianity because Christianity has lost its edge. Right? It's lost its edge. It's lost that power, that zeal that it once had. But you know what? We can have it. We can have it today. And to encourage you this morning, I want to give you some, just some scriptures to think about as you leave this morning. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Why don't we read it out loud together? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Let's read from Ephesians 4, verse 24. And to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. New self in the new year. And then Isaiah 43, verses 18 through 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and bow your heads this morning. And if you are that person that wants to be utterly transformed and changed by Jesus Christ, if there is an issue in your life that you want to surrender to God, that you want to give to God completely, and you want to see something new, some change happen in your heart, in your personality, in your attitude, in your perspective, I want you to raise your hand up as every eye is closed and every head is bowed. Just raise your hand if you want that new perspective. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Just raise that hand. Amen. Amen. God bless you. And let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Just, just, just pray with me now. Re- repeat this, these words in your heart. Heavenly Father, I know you want to do a new thing in my life. I know, Father God, you want to change my perspective and my attitude. I surrender myself completely to your Lordship. Have complete dominion and authority over my life. I give you my all, Lord God. And as I leave this place today, bring to mind through the power of your Spirit areas in my life where I have to take action. If it's anger, if it's fear, if it's criticalness or negativity or jealousy or pride, give me the power today to take action in those areas and surrender all those things to you. I ask you this now in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen.